0: Well, hello everybody. Welcome to episode 260. That's two, it's six, and it's zero. It's the UNS Wool podcast, sponsored by KettleAndToasterMan.co.uk. I'm your host, Nathan Judah. Delighted to be joined as ever by Mr. Liam Keen. Come in, Bebs.
1: Oh no, it's a great intro every time. I do love it. You
0: know it. I've kind of. Used to be a bit poorer back in the day. I used to stutter a little bit sometimes. I mess up. Sometimes I had to redo. Now it's just I say it in my sleep all the time. I mean, you say it in conversation with me.
1: You, you say it in conversation with me. Know, you will talk. You will talk as if you're introducing something occasionally.
0: I just enjoy it, mate. It's I, enjoy it. I enjoy selling products, and there'll be plenty of them later on in this podcast. <laughs> plenty but, to come. Plenty to come. Um, how's it going? How was your, how was your week in? in a weekend in the in the big smoke, and then uh, and then obviously last night. But did you have a nice time? Did you have a nice time away from home? It's always nice going down to London. I, I lived there for a year uh, when I was working for Sky Sports before I actually went out to San Diego and met the uh, met the old misses. Um, and I enjoyed it, but oh, I couldn't live there. No, I couldn't I'm live the same. there 24 seven. I enjoy dipping my toes in and dipping out. Very very
1: enjoyable, but 24 seven not for me. No, I'm exactly the same i say this to a few of my mates. I've got a few that live down there now, so we uh we, we organized our social gathering around me oh working God. at the Spurs game um, nice. Of course for me personally are I... are you
0: the highlight of that group are you, you know there's always, there's always a there's always a guy <laughs> that people look forward to are you are you the presence now
1: uh, I've always been a presence uh you know when you've got charm, wit, humor, good looks. Uh, you know, when, when you are the full package, they tell you talk about triple threat, we're talking quadruple, octo threat, even. Oh, octo threat. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, no, you know, I, I do enjoy going down to London because I, as I well, said. When we I interviewed
0: few... you for this job, Liam we actually said that confidence, when you were struggling on it. <laughs> uh, it was one of the yeah. things we had to
1: build you up on, so I'm pleased that you're coming through. You're doing a good job, to be fair. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I've got a few mates that live down there, so it's nice to go see them, but I'm the same as you. I, 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 I've never lived there. Rosie, my, my partner, she, she lived there for about two years, I think. And I went mm. down to see her a lot at the time as well. Um, and I do like, as you say, dipping your toe in and going and, and seeing... I've not really seen the sights, to be honest, because it's normally just wherever the nearest pub is. Um, but <laughs> it is nice going down there, but I definitely couldn't live there. It's just it's too expensive for one, that's the main thing. But I think there's just too much going on, man.
0: Especially with train strikes and cheap yeah, strikes exactly. and you all sorts of... You can't get anywhere. Of, really struggled this week. I mean, I did. We had oh, the dogs were there for a groom so we're down there quite a lot so they had a groom and I put I put a picture out because our normal groomer wasn't there so I dropped I dropped Stitch off with, with this new groomer and um, I don't know if you saw it but literally they cut her like she was the Wolves logo I was stunned it was ridiculous it was the most ridiculous cut I've ever seen £86 that cost me and that was without anal glands and a blueberry facial I mean um, it was oh absolutely God. Dis- disgraceful I couldn't believe it and it was Alana who noticed it she was like that looks like the Wolves logo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she so she will that. be so unhappy. If you heard you say? Fuming, that. fuming.
0: Yeehaw! Uh,
1: Unbelievable.
0: Uh, I can't believe the butchered her poor girl. She's growing out of it now. But for eighty-six quid, I mean, I don't know about you. I just I had a cut and a, a beard trim yesterday. It was seventeen quid. But um, when you're paying that kind of money, I expect top draw, and it's not top draw.
1: No, I pay eighteen quid for my trim. Um, so similar to you. No, I um, yeah. If I if I if I had a dog, and I mean me and Rosie are quite keen on getting one at some point, mm. um, I will be giving it a short back and sides. My myself. like i Can you Phillips to it. Yeah, rather than paying eighty six quid, mental. Uh mental. Uh,
0: Spurs, Spurs. Um, always a pleasure going to that stadium. It is. It is the best stadium in the country, hands down, for me. When it comes to um, everything that's been built around it, just just a, just a gorgeous arena for me, and uh, multi-purpose, and uh, very enjoyable. And look, I very enjoyable watching Wolves in that first half. Of course, we talked about you know about about Nunes and and, and Gerez and, and and these fantastic players. And I must admit, and I've said it too many times, especially at halftime and and post-game, that first half was a pleasure to watch. Not from. Um, maybe not from a spectral end-to-end point of view but just an easy and relaxing from a connoisseur football you know enjoyment point of view to to mix it with you know let's be honest a, a Spurs side that will be going for Champions League football this year and look the better side to be honest um, some of the touches were, were sublime and I understand and look people will be saying well yeah but they didn't put the goal in the back of the net did they um, and, and I completely agree with that but there was a how can I put it, um, a relaxation watching Wolves that I haven't had before in, in a game like that where you're always on, on edge when, when the, you know, the, the favoured side comes on the attack and it wasn't there. And I think it was just because of the talent they had on the pitch, Liam.
1: Yeah, they seemed very comfortable for large periods that first half, didn't they? Um, and, and as you yeah, I think he hit the nail on the head when you he said it wasn't you know, a really exciting end-to-end first half, but it was the control that Wolves had on that game, the grip that they had on it, and Spurs were, were penned in, they were struggling to, to get out and create anything, they were frustrating the fans. Wolves were playing it almost exclusively in their third of the pitch not just their half, but their third for a good 15 20 minute spell at one point. Um, easily spraying the ball from one end to the other and, and creating openings. And then it just came came back to the, the one issue again, didn't it? That Wolves they created chances, but nothing massively clear-cut. They weren't also half chances. They were decent chances, but they weren't really clear-cut opportunities. They didn't do that, and then they didn't score. And then as soon as Wolves concede a goal, it was the same last season, that's when they really struggled the most. Um, they cannot get back into a game, and they didn't really pose much of a threat after that. So, uh, albeit there's lots of positive signs from that game and some that went into Preston, which we'll come on to, but... Overall, to not get something from that game when for at least forty-five minutes, if not more, Wolves were, Wolves were a team that looked like the top-six club. To be honest, um, is disappointing. Uh, but you know, I've got confidence. I keep, I keep staying, staying positive at the moment because I think this team has got plenty of talent in there, and once it starts to click a little bit, and we've seen signs of it, um, I think they'll be fine.
0: Yeah, we definitely have seen signs, but they need to put it together sooner rather than later. We can't be going into five, six, seven games and we're like, well, the promise is there. And I I understand the frustration in speaking to the fans after the game because they played solo in that first half. And then, you know, Kane Kane gets loose for the the goal and and then you're chasing the game a little bit. I'm not going to be too harsh on on the team, because there was only one team in it after that, but you, you kind of have to break open, you have to you have to maybe a little bit be a little bit more expansive in the football that you are playing. Um one thing that did disappoint me on the day, and I'm pleased that he kind of rectified it last night in the Preston game was um was Adama Traore, who I thought was really poor when he came on the pitch. Um, you know, you're looking for that impact and and that player to really push hard in that last 20 minutes when maybe there's tiring legs about and i just thought he stayed on the periphery he didn't really run at players i still would like to see him run more at players directly including last night to be honest but we all know the talent that he's got it looks like i mean some people might have seen his goal last night and be like oh maybe we should take a punt on him it looks like that he will be a wolves player going into the for the rest of the season so you know more of more of tuesday night and less of saturday because that was um and look i'm a big i'm a big fan of adam atroyo i've been you know Obviously, seeing him at Middlesbrough as one. Well, I've always meet, definitely been more championing than knocking him, but I couldn't, uh, I couldn't defend that twenty minutes on on Saturday at Spurs.
1: No, um, I think we're both in the same camp here that we sort of build him up as a player because we both like what he can offer and what we know he's capable of. Um, but I'm the same as you. I was uh, very frustrated watching that twenty-five minutes, whatever it was, against Spurs because he, I mean, he's always been a very, very professional. Player. Everyone I've spoken to around uh, Wolves and around him is that he, even with the contract issues going on over the last what two years or so, he's always been very committed, very professional, and always wanting to play and give his all. And and there's never been a concern about that. Um, And as far as I'm aware, that's still the case. I've spoken to people recently about it. But watching that those few minutes, and to be honest, the few minutes when he came on uh, against Fulham as well, albeit the ball didn't get to him very often in that game, so I'll give that one a bit of a pass. Um, he didn't seem particularly interested, to be honest, um, and that was really disappointed me uh, because he would receive the ball, and he would look backwards, uh, not committing uh, any defenders, not getting to the byline and getting a crossing, which is what he is best. at was what he's known for, and he would he would turn back, you know, play it back to to Johnny or, or Semedo from uh, from last night at Preston, uh, pass the ball backwards and not be uh, not be interesting going forwards. Um, it was definitely better against Preston, albeit it wasn't um, still vintage, Look, the goal was unbelievable, uh, a great finish, there was definitely opportunities where he did commit defenders and he got the ball in and and it happened a lot more often and he was definitely a better performance. But there are moments where he picks the ball up and he does look for a backwards pass more often than not at the moment. Now, I don't know whether that's him coming back from fitness and and injury, whether that plays a factor, but what I suspect it is, when we spoke about this on the video last night, is that the style for me doesn't really suit what Adama is best at. So you look at the way that uh, last night Huang was playing, for example, coming very narrow, getting close to to Raul Jimenez. You look at the way uh, Guedes and Neto when they came on, and they have done this season in the the games prior, they come very narrow, come close into Pudence or whoever it is that's playing central um, and they play between the lines. Now, we know that that is not Adama's strength. He's not going to receive the ball with his back to goal. He's not going to receive the ball uh, in tight areas, and particularly uh, get out of those tight areas, unless he's got space to run into, of course. But when it's compact and it's to fit, and it's it's you know there's two banks of four, or there's a bank bank of five, he's got to try and pick the ball up in a tight area and make a pass or, or turn and run into uh, the space that, that, that affords you to get to the byline It's not going to work for him. He wants to hush, hug the touch line and get forward. The suit, the the style doesn't really suit him for me. Um, albeit, I think, still think he's a very good option to have for this season and. By the looks of it, it will be this season and bust uh, for a Raya and a Wolves shirt, uh, at least at this moment, anyway. So, uh, I think enjoying while he's here. Uh, it was a great goal last night. I was chuffed for him as well because I, I you know, again, I've heard nothing but good things about him. And um, if he can add a little something this season as an option off the bench, as an option in the Premier League, then you know you can't really complain. Full
0: debuts for Guedes and Nunes. What did you, what did you make of their performances? I actually probably were more impressed than maybe you were, I guess. I thought they were both very good. Um, not just in the first half, but I think in the second half as well. Yeah, the Wolves lost the shape a little bit, but I felt like if anything was going to happen, I love the way that Nunes, like you say, he's there to drive forward, but he definitely had a couple of nice moments on the edge of boxes, which is where we're going to see him more often than not, I would have thought, and linking up. And I thought Geddes was probably the most likely. I know Neto is in more of a withdrawn position, which, you know, marking Perisic, so I'm not going to... I'm not going to knock him too much with, uh, about that because I actually thought Neto again, maybe disagreeing with you slightly. I actually thought he did a, he did pretty well in what he was in the kind of role he was given. And I thought he got forward when he could have done, but Geddes was definitely given more of a lease up front, and I felt like um, he was probably their most threatening player if Wolves were going to score on that day.
1: Mm. Just just quickly on on, on Neto, um, I, I do think they did a, a pretty decent job defensively, albeit. Turned off a couple of times, uh, switched off rather, but um, which, you know, he's not a natural defender, so that's understandable. But going forward is where it disappointed me really, because he would receive the ball in good areas, or he would run into a good area and, and, and carry the ball forward, and um, did not commit any defenders, did not take anyone on, did not get into a 1v1 one, one situation, when there was one there ready for him to, to grasp that was what disappointed me i think there's a lot more to come from from pedro neto um in terms of guedes i totally agree uh, the same actually for last night at uh, preston as well he he's very direct um he gets players off the uh, gets <laughs> gets players off the seats gets fans off the seats um and um and that directness but in a different style to dimalo and that he can play in these tight areas he's got a very good close control um technically gifted i I've liked what I've seen and I think against Spurs as you say he looked most likely to score um, and came close on a couple of occasions and then on Nunes as well I mean he had a, a very good headed opportunity first half that was whisker wide of the post overall it was a little bit of I think maybe that second half was was perhaps too quiet for my liking um, but then against Preston I thought he was excellent and what he offers looking at both those games what he's offered and what he brings to this team is something that Wolves have been crying out for for a while uh, a midfielder who gets into the final third, a midfielder who carries the ball forward, who gets close to Raul at times as well actually and and gives him an opportunity to play off. All of these things, as well as a a, a player who, like Wolves' other midfielders, can win tackles, win duels, is a proper box-to-box number eight midfielder. That's exactly what we've been talking about for about 18 months now, for what Wolves needed. Um, And they finally got it and they've got it in a player who, as we've spoken about already in glowing terms, is capable of becoming one of the best players in the world. So, um, it's really exciting. I, I thought he looked excellent last night against um, against Preston. Uh, had some good moments against Spurs, and he's he's, he's only going to get better once he gets more time with these players, and he he understands how they play on the pitch as well as how he sort of interacts with them off the pitch. And of course, he knows a lot of them already. It's only going to get better. Um, so it's uh, on the up from here. I, you know, they were always positive, <laughs> always positive. I think they're going to be a fine. But
0: Liam, one point from three games—how uh, how concerning is it? You know, they've played I guess two winnable games and, and maybe one that they should have perhaps drawn. Uh, but but one point from three. Newcastle to come—we'll be previewing them, of course, on later on in the podcast. Who had an excellent three-three draw against uh, against Manchester City. When when comes the time now where Wolves need to start converting points? Because I tell you what. You go to you go to Newcastle. You play well. You don't score again, and you get beat, or or you you know maybe you draw nil nil. I, don't, I think there'll be some frustration and unrest starting to starting to develop amongst fans. I think some of it's there already. Really, um, they need to they need to get three points on the board and, and quickly for me. If they are going to do something in the Premier League, which for me, if they do keep these players, if they do sign a striker, they should be doing something in the Premier League. And I'm not just talking about top up. I'm talking about pushing, giving themselves a chance. You know, for European football, for top eight, top nine, you know, coming in with with the last 10 games of the season, if they can, you know, obviously finish better than the 10 games last season, but if they can give themselves a chance and be four or five points away or six points away and put a run together, that's where I want Wolves to be with this squad and the quality of players they've got. But they've got to start winning games.
1: 100%, yeah. I mean, I don't think we can pile too much pressure on and say, look, within a game or two, you know, Bruno's got to go or there's got to be some drastic changes to the squad. But... Um, that you know with the players they've got and um, the team they're putting together and particularly the style they're putting together and the way that we know Bruno has had his teams play at Benfica, for example, in the past, they have to start putting results together. Um, it's interesting point that you made there about the the manner of the defeat that you've. Uh, I don't know if you've predicted uh, against Newcastle. I uh, hope not. Um, but I'm you sure say see. that it, that's, yeah, exactly. You say if they don't score and they lose. The manner of that defeat, um, in some ways, is more harmful than the than the defeat. You know, if you go another game without scoring, or even another game without scoring, as well as not even looking like scoring or coming close to scoring, um, that, as I say, is in some ways a lot worse than actually losing the game because um, it puts pressure on individual strikers and and forwards. It puts pressure on Bruno, obviously, uh, and the fans start to become frustrated because if Wolves bring um, host Newcastle. at the the weekend and they lose Mm 4-3 it's a hell of a lot better than them losing 2-0 for obvious reasons but the way that Wolves need to start picking up points as well as performances and a bit of potency in front of goal I think they're both massively important Uh, and then also you look at the fixtures beyond that Uh, you've got Bournemouth midweek who without being too disrespectful look very poor at the moment you've then got Oh, they're dreadful. <laughs> well, there you go. They're dreadful. You, they,
0: you can't you go. not go there and get a beat. Then the, yeah, the, the, the you have they, to they go there and win that will be out.
1: There will be out. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you then got Salam's coming up. Who don't, don't get me wrong. You know, they tend to have good starts and have, you know pick up some results here and there. But they, you know, they're no, they're no top eight, not top nine, maybe even top ten side. So, um, you, it's a big know, three games for Bruno. For yeah, me. it is. I think so.
0: You know, and I, I'm not. I'm not by any means saying that his job is is in doubt or anything like that. I, I don't. I don't for one second think that, but if you don't register one victory out of those three games with Liverpool and Chelsea back-to-back, you will have people questioning... Liverpool, Man
1: City, it's even worse. Not Liverpool, Liverpool, Chelsea.
0: Sorry, Liverpool, Man City. <laughs> um, there'll be real question marks asked there because you look at the table, they'll be in the bottom three, probably, if they haven't got registered win by then. Um, they're in the bottom three now, uh, very early days, but... Each As each game passes, if you do not win a Premier League game, regardless of what people say, the pressure will be mounting. When you've spent this kind of money and you've got these kind of players and they will take time to gel, I'm sorry, Liam, if they haven't got a victory in eight games, then there will be massive question marks being asked. And I, and, and I don't, for one second, think that they won't, because I think that they will. I think, actually, I think they'll probably get two victories and a draw I think in the next three games and everything's fine but they've got to start scoring goals and if they don't start scoring goals then pressure mounts up not just on the frustration from the fans on the players but on the management
1: yeah no I, I you know you don't need to apologize to me because I, I i can't agree more um when you have to when you look at the three teams that are coming up and yes newcastle i think is going to be a tough game um but again is winnable It's certainly mm. you, know, you can certainly get a result out of that um when you look at those three games individually as well as collectively you have to get results out. You have to get, I think, six points. Um, I think you can maybe get away with with four points and going unbeaten. Uh, oh no, that wouldn't be unbeaten. My maths going To say, how you get know, getting unbeaten at four five points. points. Sorry, five points. You know, you know what I mean. I know what you um, mean. I think you have to get. You have to get some results. Um, but you also have to have the the performances and the. Um, and the goals as well. I'm not, I'm not saying the Wolves have to go out and score four or five goals uh, every game like Man City, but you have to become more potent. So those two things combined is massively important. I think Newcastle, as an individual game on its own, if they put in a good performance and get goals, but don't win it, again, it's not the end of the world. But then if you're looking at the three collectively, you have to start picking the results mm. up as well as the goals. Um, so you're, t- you're totally right. It's uh, Pressure starts to mount once you get to that position. But you know, we were here last year with three losses three 1-0 losses in a row um, and they went on a bit of a a bit of a run and picked it up so I've got you know confidence at this point that they can do that and I think arguably the team uh, and the system is actually a lot better than it was last year
0: Start scoring goals get confidence well there you go Preston at home nine changes from the side or eight changes from the side that drew 0-0 at home against Watford in the championship here's goals baby and uh, I'm not going to go over the game too much but watch the analysis video if you haven't watched it already a little bit underwhelming, should have scored more, should have been 3-0 up at the break. We're not going to go too much onto the penalty. Again, watch the video if you need to. But for me, another opportunity that that was kind of missed, really, from a confidence point of view. Wolves went strong. I was pleased that they went strong. Um, and, you know, you again, you walked away from the stadium feeling a little bit underwhelmed and and... This was a prime opportunity, I think, to score more goals. I think the opportunities were there to do it. And it's just not quite clicking. So from the... I'm not going to go over the game, like I say, Liam. But what I do want to ask you was, from the players that played, from the people who have maybe been on the periphery slightly through injury or, or, or just not making the squad who played last night, who impressed you and who do you think could be a real factor in, in Bruno's thinking come Sunday?
1: Yeah, there's, um, there's actually the four... Players that have had injury issues recently, um, I all th- thought did fairly well. Um, Smedo I thought was, was solid. Uh, same with with Triore, albeit I think we, you need a little bit more from him in terms of his direct play uh, and what he's, he's best at. As I've already said, Raul I thought led the line well, linked up with the players around him, held the ball up, looked slightly more dangerous in the air. You now cut, you know, he threw himself at like a few crosses, and um, I think looked a bit more confident himself now, which is which is good to see. Uh, you make a I... hook. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, it's all a bit of fun, uh, and it doesn't really bother me. The only thing that I worry about, which we spoke about as well, is that you know it comes back to bite you when you know, like the mask uh, in the FA Cup semi final, things like that. It's a little bit um, you're playing with fire a little bit, aren't you? But uh, you know, I don't mind it too much. Um, and then, and then, just the final player out of those that are sort of coming back from injury and um, and playing, sort of yeah, getting fitness up and playing more regularly. Gianluca Tino, I thought he was. Potentially my pick of the of the lot last night. Um, mm. I thought he was very good in his hour against Spurs as well. Actually, uh, and arguably Wolves lost a bit of the the control of that game once he went off. But um, Bruno was was speaking afterwards and said that the plan for those four players, or at least Jow and, and one or two, was to come off maybe after an hour to sixty five. But Wolves didn't have any control over the game as it as it was panning out, and they had to they had to keep these kind of players on and then bring on a lot of talent as well in in Guedes Neto and uh, and, uh, and Neves so um but no I thought I thought Matinho playing a slightly different role actually we, we have to remember he was playing in a, in the deeper of the three it was the Neves' role uh, while he was on the bench um and you can just see his quality I mean it's so easy for him to slip into a slightly adapted role um you know he he won all of his tackles he just distributed the the ball nicely kept Wolves ticking along I thought he was um I thought he was superb so uh so yeah that, those players sort of stood out for me it would be players that that would push on. I think Semedo, Semedo Martino, um Raul, particularly for me, should probably all be starting. Um, Semedo, I can see the arguments against, but the other two, I think, have to be have to be starting now, um, provided they're ready. But, you know, they played a lot of minutes last night and um, and you don't play those minutes if you're not ready to play. So they stood out. Nunes, I thought, was excellent. Um, and then Collins and, and, and Kilman, actually, at the back, I thought, uh, for the vast majority of the game, very, very solid. Um, they look a real... Lethal partnership together, and Kilman in particular, in terms of his control over the uh, the aerial jewels. Um, Captain Kilman, yeah, Captain Kilman. Let's not forget, uh, in terms of the aerial jewels, I thought he looked really assured. So uh, lots lots of good things. I thought, you know, a lot of individual performances were improvements um, on, on what we've seen, uh, and then continuations for certain players, like you know, the two centre arms for example. So yeah, good signs, um, and and I think the fact that we. are contemplating who might play and who might not play going into into Newcastle is only a good sign because it means the squad's got a bit of competition.
0: Transfer deadline day is just around the corner. Thursday, September the 1st, 11pm. I'm delighted. We're delighted, Liam. We're absolutely buzzing. We're jumping from the ceiling that we've got to be at Bournemouth away on the Wednesday night <laughs> uh, before getting back home into the wee hours and deadline day starting on Thursday. So let, let's hope. Let's hope that the majority of the business is done by Thursday However, I've got a sneaky suspicion that there'll be there'll be a little bit of activity on that Thursday maybe outs rather than ins but uh, I don't think it's going to be a super quiet day um and we, look if it is a quietish day maybe we might even squeeze a podcast in the in the later afternoon a deadline day special if not then we'll do it on the Friday hopefully so yeah it's going to be um it's going to be interesting. I guess I'll go through some of the players that are being talked about, and maybe you can give us a an update on that situation. And um, a lot of people, and of course, uh, Pedro Neto in the press with uh, interest from Arsenal. Where's the situation at this moment in time with the um, with the news that that Arsenal have made Pedro Neto their their main target for the rest of this window to concentrate on? Can you see him? Moving to London, um, and if so, you know what kind of a fee would be would be talked about.
1: Yeah, it's it's no surprise. Uh, first of all, uh, I think Arsenal have been have been linked to them in the past. I think it's it's you know common knowledge and public knowledge that they like him and they like him as a player, as do a lot of other clubs for obvious reasons. Um, so that's no no surprise whatsoever. Um, I think the best way to sum it up is that Wolves are in a very strong position here with this deal because you'll hear people talk about contracts in modern mm. football and say they're not worth the paper they're written on. And in some ways that's true because a player can be on a 10-year contract, but if a club offers the right money, that player that player can move tomorrow easily. Um, and it's the same with Neto, it's the same with any player at any club. If, if another club offers the right kind of money, that player can very easily move on because it gets too difficult for the club to turn down, whether it's there might be a release clause involved, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. Um, so in terms of him leaving, that becomes a that it has been a possibility for a long time because he's the same as any other player in Wolves stable. Any of the assets that Wolves have got, if I can phrase it that way, um, that are worth a lot of money, you'd you'd like to have Neves, Nunes, Nunez, Aitnori, Neto. They're all kind of players that at some point will probably move on for big fees, uh, and that's you know they're brought in for at a young age for minimal uh, minimal fees at least at the time, and then they become. You know, worth a lot more. That's the way you know wolves do do business. So that, in terms of him leaving, is no surprise. But the good news is that um, this summer and this window, wolves have got no plans to let him go. It's, as far as we understand it, it's very difficult for for Arsenal to make the kind of money that it would cost. Um, I'd speculate here, but I would suggest it takes a fair bit more than 50 million to bring him in. Um, so, and and then also, as I was talking about the contract, he's on a deal until 2027. Which, albeit, doesn't mean Wolves one hundred percent keep him until twenty twenty seven, as I've just explained. But it does mean that they maximise the money that they're going to get for him, uh, which of course is then reinvested into the squad. So, um, I, I think the best way to uh, summarise it is: it wouldn't surprise me to see you know further interest in him, and, and and this runs on and on, and you know Arsenal keep trying to keep keep coming back in, and another other clubs probably as well. But. It's very unlikely to happen this window. There's only a few days left and um, and Wolves are very keen to keep hold of him. Um, so it just seems like a very unlikely deal that's going to get through at the moment, but one that it's probably going to come back to and, and we're going to have to go over the same questions again. But Wolves are in a strong position and if he does go, they'll get the maximum money for him as well.
0: Do you think that um, if he doesn't go this window that he could be maybe one of the major names that is talked about in the January window?
1: Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. It certainly wouldn't. I mean, it, it, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into this. It depends on how he's playing, uh, mm-hmm. how how he's performed between now and January, how where Arsenal are on the table, what they're fighting for, as well as other clubs. I think Liverpool have have had interest in the past as well. I think that's that's common knowledge. So, um, look, it, it doesn't. Um, it it wouldn't surprise me if they're interested certainly, but there's very there's very different things between interest and and concrete uh, offers that are going to be anywhere near what Wolves are asking for. So um it's it's nothing particularly to worry about from a wolves point of view or wolves fan point of view at the moment um but you have to understand and i think a lot of fans do that these kind of players eventually are likely to move on for big fees it's just the way that football works but the way wolves have done business with you know the young talents they brought in
0: willie Bolly not in the squad last night um an injury apparently um kept him out of the what was it? 17, 18, whatever it is these days. I don't know. What is it? How many, how many is on the bench? <laughs> uh, 21, 34. 20, it's 20. 20 players are on the bench. Um, no, not 20 on the bench. 20 altogether. No, 20 altogether. together kept out the 20. Um, you said 20 on the bench. No, oh, you know what I mean. It's just ridiculous. You've been I mean, drinking this mean, morning. You'll be on the bench soon. Um, <laughs> it's, um, maybe some might say convenient. Uh, there's talk of, um, of a bid that was rejected, a £1 million bid from Nottingham Forest. Willy Bolly you spoke about him with uh, with Bruno afterwards can you see him being i guess you know obviously Pedronetto aside if uh, providing he stays the biggest first team departure to lead the club between now and Thursday
1: it seems more likely yeah that that's the case um not necessarily likely that he will 100% go but of any of any player it, it certainly is you know he's he's not in the um certainly starting 11 plans at the moment uh, the fact he didn't play last night you know we have to take Bruno's word for it unless we can hear any anything otherwise any to the contrary but um you know if he if he was fit and was planning to stay here you you'd imagine he would have probably played last night so um all of those things take into account the the latest I've heard this morning is that um it's very much up in the air very much a 50/50 situation at the moment because 1 million is is not a fee that wolves are going to accept and of course they did reject it um, they would want more than that um he is only on a year left so you know, it's it's a it's a deal that Wolves would be open to doing to you know just cashing at least a little bit on a player that you know is going to leave on a free in in twelve months or less than that. Um, but then equally, they're they're only willing to let him go really if they can um, if they can bring a, a replacement. So uh, I know that uh, Nottingham Forest have been I've been linked with other centre halves. I believe they've been looking at Jaffet Tanganga at Spurs. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if they if they come back in again. I think they're probably planning, Forrest, a squad of about 35 players by the sounds of it. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they come back in um, and Wolves, if they can get a replacement and get the right fee, would be open to letting him go. So um, Bruno didn't rule it out last night, certainly, and it's one that's going to run on.
0: Yeah, you've got this plethora of centre-backs at the start of the season with Cody and Bolly and Mascara and, and, and Gobez, and then you know, Cody goes to Everton, if Bolly leaves as well, then you know, you're looking at basically Totti Gomez who didn't feature last night, um, being being probably next in line. So you do need to definitely you don't want to go from a plethora to, to you know, to sh- to leaving yourself short and, and Willie Bolly for a million, a million and a half quid, you'd keep him in the in the lineup and let him see out of his contract because of what it's gonna cost you in wages and, and getting another player in to be backup. You want someone who's who's Premier League tried and tested, I would have thought. I know with Collins and and Kilman are going to be your main two, but you don't know if you can get an injury. Someone can be out for quite a few weeks and all of a sudden, then you're a little bit exposed. So the player that, that needs to come in, if, if the body situation is to happen, whether they sign him on loan or sign him you know, on a longer-term contract, needs to be someone who is um, who is going to be ready to go and can step in and probably has got a bit of experience as well. You don't want another youngster. So I know that a lot of people are looking at uh, um, Bed- Bednarik um, at, uh, at Southampton and a couple of others who may be available, but those are the kind of the players that you need to... Need to bring in if if he is gonna gonna go because if he doesn't and you let him go, I think Wolves are leaving themselves a little bit short. I know Den can slip into that centre back role in in an emergency, but you'd rather have one in, and it looks like that would be the case if if the deal was to happen.
1: Yeah, I don't think you want to let him go without a replacement at all. Or if you do let him go, bring in I don't know an eighteen nineteen year old from abroad. No, I think you have to if you're gonna let him go, you've got to bring someone in who. Is is prepared to you know play second fiddle because I think Collins and Kilman, if they stay fit, are you know going to be the, the starting two. But um, they have to have a bit more experience about them. I think uh, I think that 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 makes sense because you can you can't lose this much experience in a window um, and and it not have some sort of effect. It's gonna it's gonna play a part certainly. So uh, so yeah, I mean they are open to letting him go. You know he's on the last year of his deal. He's not playing, etc. etc but they they would want a replacement before letting him go anywhere so um it very much hinges on that at the moment.
0: Luke Kundal, one who um has been talked about about a potential loan exit is that something that um is on the cards and and probably likely between now and and um and Thursday.
1: Yeah speaking to to Bruno about that as well it was a um it, it was a very much a, a wait and see sort of uh, sort of answer where he didn't rule out again, um, and I think it would make sense. He was certainly earmarked as a player to, to go out on loan uh, potentially this summer. Of course, it hasn't happened has, has happened yet, but but Nunes has come in since then. I think if they're going to play a three midfield regularly, you can argue that perhaps they need to keep hold of Kundal and then obviously, of course, have Dendonka as well. Um, again, you don't know what's going to happen with Ronan. Ronan wasn't involved last night, but did play for the 21s the night before. If Ronan's going to stay and play that sort of backup role, and Cundall's going to go on loan, I think that that could work and that could make sense. If you're going to let Cundall and Ronan go, I would argue that you you should probably be keeping hold of one of them. Um, so it, there's certainly going to be movement with with one of them, I believe. I think it, that looks that looks likely, and for me, it probably looks probably looks more like the Cundall might go on loan because purely because they were they were eager to do that previously. Um, but it also will hinge on, I think, if you know a, a big. I say big if a, a suitable offer comes in for Ronan, um, whether that might be a permanent or not. Um, he'll be keen to play at, at 24 as well, so um, that might swing it in the other direction. So, I think there'll be a bit of movement there between either or. Um, but for me, it would be a mistake to let them both go.
0: Now, the uh, the elephant in the room, um, Wolves, in inverted commas, are in are in talks with. Uh, 11 foot 3 striker. I think was the last, the latest uh, measurement that I read. Um, direct striker. <laughs> what kind of measurement can, it is I don't know. Really. Uh, can you um, can you let us know what's going on? Going go there. Look, they need a striker. They need a backup to to Raúl. I say backup. Uh. I'm taking that back. They don't need a backup to Raul Jimenez. They need someone who's going to challenge Raul Jimenez. I don't want a backup to Raul Jimenez. I want someone who's going to push him all the way. And if Raul Jimenez is not on his game, or he's had a couple of, of poor games, I want I want someone to come in and, and start and play. And um, maybe maybe that was the situation last year where there wasn't really... I know Silva was there, but someone you know Raul was always number one. Maybe there needs to come in a striker who is going to push him every inch of the way and make him better and make them both themselves better. So... What's the latest? And I'll let you pronounce his name.
1: <laughs> uh, by the way, I totally agree with your 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 sentiments there about you know pushing someone to push Raul and, mm. and uh, yeah, couldn't agree more. I don't think you want someone who's going to come in and is happy to stay on the bench. You want no. someone who's going to score goals, hopefully. Uh, if you're going to
0: sell him, if you're going to sell the the club and and, and the and you know the, the season and what you want from them, you're not selling them saying well you're going to be on the bench, but you know when needed that'd be great. You want you're selling them on. I want you to. To get yourself into this starting lineup, hopefully, that's that's what you want because you want the ambition to come from the player as well.
1: Definitely, definitely. Um, so I will now attempt to uh, butcher his it, name. But I, uh, yeah, well, I will butcher it, definitely. Uh, Sazar Kalajic. Sorry, <laughs> that's what I'm going to go with. Okay. And I'm going to, if it becomes, uh, you know, if it becomes more likely he's going to sign, then I may, you know, contact someone actually to get an actual pronunciation. <laughs> but that's what I'm going to go with for now. Uh, and apologies to. Sazar, if that is incorrect. Um so yeah. Saz, he, Saz to his mates. Yeah, Saz, yeah, of course. Good old Saz. Um yes, twenty-five-year-old uh striker. Giant baby. Yeah, six foot seven uh Austrian uh international plays for Stuttgart uh in the Bundesliga in Germany. Um you know, he he seems to have a um a, a pretty decent record. Um he he's been there since twenty nineteen, I believe, coming over from come, coming over from Austria, his native Austria. Um and he's been fairly well regarded across Europe. He's had links to Man United, although they're linked with every player under the sun. Um, and you know he's been he's been highly rated, certainly. So it's a player that makes a lot of sense. You know he's he's at 25. He's slightly older than what Wolves would typically go for, but Guedes was 25 as well, so it's not out of the the rounds of possibility. But he does fit the profile in the sense that um, he's not massive You know he's not particularly old. He comes through a good pedigree. He's he's already done well at a good league um, over in um, over in Germany. And um, and in terms of what he offers, or what he could offer, uh, Bruno Larger's side, um, I think he offers something that they need, a bit of aerial presence in the in the attacking areas. Um, I, th- I said that Raoul I thought, was doing better at that against Preston last night, but they still need that, and they've missed that really since his injury. Um, and Bruno was speaking, I think it was only in maybe January or February, that he wanted a striker that is a bit bigger, someone who can... Offer that different dimension, really. Uh, mm. Of course, they did try and go for Kiefer more last summer, didn't they? So that's like that's the the kind of um, stature of a striker there that they were certainly looking at. And clearly, from the news with um, with this striker, they are still very keen on that. Um, so the latest is is essentially from, from what I've been told this morning, and and hopefully it hasn't changed by the time this podcast comes out like last time. Um, that it's it's the same as what it was the other day uh, in that. They are in talks. Uh, they're very interested. Uh, of course, they'd have spoken to the player, and those those things would have would have gone on in the background as well. The way modern football works. Um, but that Wolves and Stuttgart are still a bit of a way off in terms of the valuation. Um, Stuttgart want 21 million, uh, which of course is no you know is no small fee, and um, and Wolves are obviously valuing him or at least willing to spend uh, less than that uh, at this stage. So um, I suspect. We'll hear more about this fairly soon because Wolves will not want to drag it on too much, uh, particularly not just with one player and the way that you know you don't want to become that that team that like uh, Man United with with De Jong that drags something on for so long and it doesn't become reality. They don't want that first of all, but equally they need to bring a striker in sooner rather than later. So uh, yeah, I suspect we'll hear more on it soon, but uh, from what I've been told this morning, um, there's nothing new as of yet, and that is the latest.
0: Um- if Wolves were to spend that kind of ballpark money, whether it's twenty-one or eighteen or seventeen or fifteen with add-ons or you know staggered payments, let's say, and they agree a fee and and he comes, again, Wolves spending a lot of money begs the question whether they might have to to sell someone to fund it, or do you feel that you know this is just the time where Wolves are taking advantage of the market, the players who they want who fit the bill, who fit the structure, who fit the the clubs. Um, um, mentality of of the players that they want youth you know quality um longevity do you feel that they're happy to spend that money without recouping at this moment in time or or could one or two potentially be available you know if they were to 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 spend fifteen twenty million quid
1: yeah they would you know if it was the right player at the right price and it just just so happens to be this summer um before, after already spending ninety eight, which could be one hundred and two with the add-ons with Nunez, um, they they would bring that player in, um, and, and they wouldn't necessarily have to sell anyone. Um, however, you'd imagine they also are not going to want to go out and bring a striker in for you know 35, 40 million. So um, it's it's almost a middle ground really at this point. I, I, I would expect, and um, equally on top of all that, the you know the footballing context here is that Wolves need to bring a striker in. So um, they're going to have to make it work one way or another. Financially, and um, and they're in a good place to do that. Still, uh, they don't need to to sound Neves for seventy million to bring in a twenty million pound striker. But I think if they can spend less than that, they probably would like to.
0: Good stuff, Liam. Um, it's um, the day today is August the twenty fourth. You know, it's it's got a little bit cool the last couple of days, which I've got to be honest, I welcome it. I welcome a little bit of light rain today. I'm looking forward to a run later on. But looking at the weather forecast in the next two to three weeks. The heat is coming back, and there's nothing more enjoyable, Liam. Nothing more enjoyable than an afternoon, Sunday afternoon, because I've worked on the Saturday, and and you you walk out onto your patio, you you pop open a, a couple of bottles of champagne, a couple of bottles of fizz, Prosecco in your case, and um, a Lambrusco, sorry, and um, wow, and and you you know you've got a couple of chickens marinated, and you have a a, a fantastic barbecue that's available outdoor and indoor if needed if the rain starts and it's so simple and effective that you can get it for less than 200 pounds less than 199.99 that it used to be less than 150 less than 130 but 110 pounds for a brand new tower non-stick copper electric indoor and outdoor barbecue liam how do you fancy that bebe
1: i mean i actually am considering a barbecue this weekend so this this could be perfect timing.
0: It is. I mean, it's simple. It's it's not got. I mean, people will know. this is this podcast. I bought this green egg two two years ago. Now I've used it four times. It was a lot of money. It looked fancy, but I don't. I don't even know how to like the bugger. To be honest, uh, this looks a lot more simpler. It looks, um, which will be helpful for you. Um, it looks um, compact. Wow. It looks magnificent. It's ready. It's in stock. One hundred and ten pounds. Kettle and co. uk is where you need to go. Drop down menu products. Go down to Special Offers, and you have got this fantastic barbecue, £110. I think it's a bargain. I think you've got to go and purchase it, mate.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm on my way there now. I'm, uh, I'm going to go well, just in time for the weekend, and just in time for the weather warming up. It's perfect.
0: And just before you leave that uh, your, your beautiful house, when you uh, put your hand down the sofa, I don't know what you're going to find down Ooh, there. Crikey. careful along with a lot of other dodgy items. Um, You'll find £3.95 down the back of your sofa. That will be enough for your ticket at football prizes to have a go at what is an excellent piece of memorabilia this week. Again, uh, I think we mentioned it last week on the podcast. It's, uh, okay, maybe not the highest stock in the world at this moment after last night, a Huang Hee Chan signed boot. It wasn't the one from the penalty, I promise you. And a Raul Jimenez signed boot mounted, framed... Uh, For £3.95, it finishes at 7.30 this evening, make sure you get on board, the competition ends, buy a ticket. If you don't win that, there's special spot prizes available. You can choose between a 2022-23 Wolves Home or Away shirt and also a £25 Wolves Club gift card is available as well. So lots of chances, but you've got to be involved. Let me double check to see how many tickets are actually available at this moment in time. Keynote, there's plenty of tickets available. There's about 80 tickets available between now and this evening. Get yourself involved. Get that £3.95. Wash it first, please, and wash it thoroughly, and then get yourself and put it through for footballprizes.co.uk for these fantastic items, which, again, will be drawn this evening. Shall we take some questions from the beautiful people? Let's do it. Okay, here we go. Let's do it, do it, do it. Um, Jonathan Giddings says what's happening with the fringe players like Bonatini and Catrone also what's in store for Campania and his Wolves career. So let's uh let's break it into two first. Maybe maybe just quickly on Campania and then I think to the, the Bonatini and um and Catrone situations.
1: Yeah, Campania is a... am um, actually I mean this is a sink behind the curtain I am googling as we speak. Um, because I know he yes so he's still on loan at into Miami I thought that was the case they do have a buy option on him which I did a piece about um, a while back now it's 2 point something million off the top of my head I'm sorry I'm not quite as prepared as I should have been on this question um, but I mean I will look at it again but I don't suspect there'll be any difference or any change there he's he's very unlikely to play for Wolves so um, don't be hanging your hat on him as a Wolf player I'll put it that way um, and then similar with uh, Ketroni and uh, and Bonatini, look, they're not they're not training with the the, the first team. They're training separately. Um, they're not going to be with the club um, beyond the window. They're they, you know they are looking desperately to get the moves elsewhere, and they are in talks for that. Um, and if they do end up staying with the club and they can't get a move, it's going to be a little bit of a you know elephant in the room because they're not going to play for the first team unless there is a huge change of heart from the players or Bruno, first of all. Uh, it's, it's sort of different situation in that, you know, Katrani was actually given chances with, with Bruno, um, but I think like, it's safe to say that the the player's not particularly keen. Uh, I think he would like to move on. So, um, yeah, I don't, yeah, don't expect them to be on the bench or in the squad. And if they are, it's a massive, massive shock and there's a change of heart somewhere and there'll certainly be questions asked about it. They, they always have to go when I start talking, don't they? Yeah,
0: they, 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 like to be, they like to be included. They like to be included. Um, okay, uh, one from Jathan Nuda. Uh, why are pir- pirates scary? Because they are. <laughs> <Yeah, don't you? laughs> yeah. It's from
1: Jathan. <laughs>
0: uh, French Wolf um, <laughs> basically says about the same. We kind of discussed it as well, saying about if they mess up the next three games, is Bruno under pressure? So we kind of answered that earlier on. Um, CNNC consultancy say are we a football club or just an
1: investment plan Um, the phrasing of that sort of threw me off a little bit but I think I know what he's getting at Um, look Wolves are a football club at the end of the day first and foremost Um, but you have to understand the way that modern football works it's not just Wolves it's every club in the Premier League and beyond let's be honest as well um, which is very you know they run like businesses because they are businesses. Uh, that there's a lot of money involved in. So, um, yes, they bring players in for smaller fees with a lot of potential, and then a lot of these players will move on, uh, and they'll, the cycle will you know will keep whirring and keep going around. But wolves at the same time also want to to push up, and they, and both can happen at the same time. Um, it might be slightly more difficult, might slightly, might take a bit longer, but both can happen. It's both possible.
0: Um, Ben Stack says given how peripheral he is his average performance his failure at Barca his increased age since it was proposed would Wolves' original generous offer to Traore still be on the table if he wanted it hard to imagine his value recovering near what it was without a new contract
1: yeah I I mean his value would be a lot lower now wouldn't it you know he can he he, he can leave obviously uh, start to agree deals in January and move on elsewhere but um, yeah, the, the situation with um with Adama really from what I'm told today is that it's essentially sort of mutually agreed now that he's not gonna he's not gonna be signing. Um and he will win his contract down unless a club comes in before the window, uh, with enough money to tempt wolves. I would like to see him stay uh for, for depth and for a different option and and what he can hopefully add to Wolves this season, but I think yeah, he's very likely to stay. The interest in him has been very minimal, so unless a club comes in late with with a decent, I say a decent bit of cash, it wouldn't take loads, um, but enough for Wolves to to you know get a little bit of uh, a little bit of money back and and willing to take the hit to the squad. I think uh, unless that doesn't happen, he's staying. And the the contract situation is very much a no go at this point.
0: Gail Holford
1: says love
0: the new roll celebrations with his eye patch and hook what's yours and Liam's favourite goal celebration
1: I would say I, just, I do like there's a few I like the uh, how do you say it? is it Batafimi Gomez that's his name isn't it the the cougar that he does have you seen that I love a cougar I knew you'd say that I knew you were going to say that I know you too well now <laughs> um, that one's pretty good and I do tell you one this is obviously slightly Wolves related um, I love Robbie Keane's celebration that was a great. Yeah, Keane was good in the day. I,
0: I think, I think, I think players are with the medical teams these days kind of instructed not to do too much like that these days with with, with potential of injury. But uh, it did look very, uh, very, very cute in motion, didn't it? It was very Ooh, nice, cute. It was very pleasing, Ooh. pleasing, pleasing on the eye um, from a, from a, from a Middlesbrough fans' point of view. I just uh, I like the old school Ravenelli, you know, before it came with the shirt, and he used to go with his arms out. Do you remember when he scored? He used to love yeah. that. The white feather back in the day. Hey-ho. Um, at Freezing Wolf, in the preseason videos, Juan always looks like a quiet, lonely, solitary character. Is he happy at the club? Take away the first few appearances and his time here has been very poor. I get the impression he's on the periphery in more ways than one.
1: Um, I, I can see why you'd, why you'd think that. I don't think that's necessarily the case. He's, um, I think he's definitely quieter. Uh, he's getting to grips with English. From what I've been told recently is that he's... Uh, his English is definitely improving, it's getting better uh, but he's not massively confident with it yet, I mean obviously we've not been able to speak to him yet, I think he'd be he wouldn't be confident enough to to certainly speak to the media at this point um, in English, so um, those things got to take into account, you've got to take into account as well the the cultural difference here as well because it is quite big uh, in terms of South Korea uh, and and then coming to to England, I know he was at Germany and Austria before that as well but even coming from those two countries it's very different to come to England, so um, all of those things together play a part. But you know, we we saw him in pre-season, particularly in Spain. There was a couple of times that I saw him um, sort of away from interviews or cameras, nothing that we would necessarily pick up on as being important. But for this, you know, specific question, he was having a laugh with you know some of the teammates. I saw him and Nelson at one point; they were in the ice ice bath and having a chat. And so, look, there is a. You know, he, as far as I'm aware, he gets on very well with a lot of the people around him, and he's just a, a bit of a quieter guy. I think maybe when his English gets better, that might improve slightly, but a part of it's cultural as well. So um, I wouldn't read too much into it. I really wouldn't.
0: Which deal is the better piece of business: getting thirty-five to forty-two million pound plus Morgan gives away, or signing Nunes for thirty-eight to forty-two million?
1: I like this question. <laughs> I said that very strangely. I don't know why. Um, and I actually went back and forth a little bit thinking about this, but I've settled on Nunez um, only because of the ceiling he's got, what he will be worth in probably a, you know a pretty short amount of time, um, and then what we've seen of him so far as well uh, in terms of the in, in terms of on the pitch. Um, both deals are excellent, but I think I'm just going to edge it with Nunez.
0: Tom Smith, what are your thoughts on the intensity of the games? It appears we start high and sometimes maintain it. For a half, but then it seems to drop until the 80th minute. Is that controlling a game or not dominating a game?
1: I think um, there's there's different things that will go into that. Um, the way that Bruno wants his team to play is very high energy, and he was beating them in pre-season to get them ready for this. But I do think there's going to take it's going to take a bit of um, a, bit, a bit of time to adapt to that and and sort of get to grips with it. So I think that's part of it. Equally. A Premier, to play a Premier League football match is so difficult and there are so many ebbs and flows in a game that there's always going to be times when the opposition is going to is going to dominate or have a period where they're on top. The momentum the a massive thing. So there's a couple of things going into it. I think um, it'd be, perhaps it might be an interesting question for me to put to, to Bruno in, in terms of the intensity because I know he was putting his players through a lot of that during pre-season, which we've spoken about previously. Um, I think it's probably just that it takes a bit of time, really.
0: Yeah. Mm. Um... Just bear with me because I have lost my uh, my tweets. Uh, Incredible timing. So I'm lost, I'm lost. Um, Look, there's a question about, and I think it's Bradders as well, about more Gibbs-White and um, potential add-ons or or sell-on clauses in his contract. So can you give us a little bit about maybe the intricacies of that final deal now he is a Nottingham Forest player?
1: Yes, so I've been able to get um, some more detail on on this deal, um, and hopefully make the clearer a bit more, sorry, the clearer the picture a bit more clearer. You're not clearer, uh, clearer what? I tell you what, mate. I tell you what. The irony oh, no. there. Can you tell that I got back late from know, uh, from from Wolverhampton last night? Um, yeah, hopefully make the picture a bit clearer um, than it was before. So bear with me on this one because it does take a little bit of explaining. Um, but I will also be putting out uh, this all in text form um around the same time as the podcast comes out. So uh, just go to my Twitter or go to com. you'll see it on there as well. Um so yeah, so of course the, the, the fee for, for Morgan was, was twenty five flat um and the add-ons, potential add-ons, take it to as much as forty two and a half million. Um however the last portion of those add-ons are very unrealistic and just to very quickly on those, I have heard that uh one of them uh, or part of it includes Forest Making Europe. So this is very unlikely so to get to the 25 up to 35 that 10 million there mm-hmm. uh, i've got a bit more detail on that we were aware that it was a lot easier um and it was more and it was likely to happen um but now i can explain that it's based on appearances um and forest uh surviving relegation so i don't have the number for the appearances at the moment I'm still working to hopefully get some more info but um, it would take more than a season. It would be appearances and starts. It would be a mixture, and it would take more than one season. But it's very likely to come through alongside if they stay up, uh, which means that um, that Wolves would get that extra 10 million on top. So it's of course, you know, good news in that the likelihood of him getting to 35 or at least getting to 32, 33 uh, is very high at the moment. So, um, so that's a good that's a good sign. It makes the deal even better, even sweeter. Uh, I think everyone can agree on that. And then just a bit here, which will take a bit of explaining, but in terms of uh, salon clauses, which I know people were asking about. Um, so there is there is two separate clauses involving this deal, um, 15% clause and a 10% clause. However, they are both related to the profit that Forrest make on the deal. So let me explain. Uh, <laughs> for the first year... Can't
0: wait to read this article, mate. Bloody hell. There's a lot going on.
1: I mean, I hope I'm explaining it well. No, no I you hope are, you are. It's well. complicated, isn't it? It is complicated. I mean, the thing is, there's so many deals that I like this stuff and it is, it's, the intricacies of it are so complex. Um, so if the player sold in the next year, Wolves will receive 15% of the profit um, following the money that Forrest have paid to Wolves. If it is uh, after the first year, it drops to 10% and it's obviously then 10% hereafter for that, for the contract that he signed at Forest. Um, so I'll give you some examples. If Forrest sold him tomorrow yeah. for forty million, yeah. it means that none of the add-ons have come into account because it's obviously so soon after him signing. Mm-hmm. Means that he, uh, Forrest would pay twenty-five million, which means the fifteen million surplus there between twenty-five to forty. Wolves would receive fifteen percent on that, mm-hmm. which of course is not a massive fee. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's only a couple million or so, off the top of my head. Um, However, you know if he's then sold in two years' time for fifty million, let's say, uh, and by that point, Forrester paid thirty million because some of the add-ons have taken it from twenty-five to thirty. Mm-hmm. Um, Wolves would receive ten percent of the twenty million profit between okay. the thirty and the fifty. Um, so it very much depends on when he's sold, if it's in, in the next year, which is 15%, if it's any of the years after that, which is 10%. Bloody hell, let's come
0: up with that, this, this, this flipping <laughs> convoluted
1: mess. I know. And then And then, of course, it is then the profit on top of what they paid. So if, for whatever reason, he none of the add-ons have gone through, um, then there's obviously a slightly bigger profit gap. If more of them have gone through, there's slightly less. So it's obviously very dependent on how much money has gone through. Um, but that that is essentially, and I hope that makes sense. Um, if anyone is uh, is struggling with it, please tweet me, and I'll hopefully uh, do my best.
0: Just split the difference, make it twelve and a half percent sell on clause on any any future purchase, and then you're good to go, aren't you?
1: Well, I know, I know, but it was a very it was a, it was one of those deals that it's one of those where you feel is. like
0: well they've got to add discs they feel like they've got that deal and then well I want this adding and it feels like a, it just became more and more intricate yeah. and then all of a sudden you yeah. know both parties are quite happy with it everybody wants to win a yeah, win exactly. a deal don't they you know but the I mean? good
1: news is that um, despite all that well, wolves have won the deal regardless but yeah on. I mean yeah, definitely I mean so wow well, I will start with a slightly bad I mean it's not really bad news because they're getting a great deal anyway but in terms of the the salon clauses unless he goes for you know, maybe 70 80 million, they're not going to get a particularly big fee. Mm. Um, however, and of course, it depends how much the add ons they've paid as well. However, um, we knew that it was likely that they were going to get from the 25 flat fee too close to that 35 with add ons. Mm. Uh, and then from what I've been told, and of course, explaining the appearances and the relegation, uh, survival, uh, it seems that they'll get you know, it's it's almost a guarantee that they get they get very close to 35, if not on to 35. Um, but I, as I say, it won't take just one season. It will be uh, at least two seasons for him to, to rack up enough appearances to, to reach the, the, the add-ons.
0: Okay. Um, finally, last question, because a lot of the ones we've hopefully answered as well, I know we haven't come, got to everybody, but I think previous to, to some of our discussions, I think most people will, will have had their, their questions answered. Um, Matt says, does Nunes have a release clause?
1: Yeah, so um, at the moment I don't know. I'll be honest. So I'm trying to trying to find out um, and trying to and uh, trying to see where we can go with that. Um, yeah, I can't really speculate until I can until I can hear some more. So hopefully I'll um, hopefully I'll find out and then I'll uh, I'll get back to you.
0: It's one to one, one to find out, and uh, Liam I'm sure will reply or put a story out as well if that's uh, if that's the case. Although not alerting everybody around the world that he has got a release clause, so that, that would be great. One hundred million pounds. Uh... <laughs> no, we'll take it. Um, right, it's Newcastle on Sunday, two o'clock kickoff. Newcastle, of course, had a decent result, I think, against Man City. Were for me the better side. I watched the majority of that game, and I thought I thought they played very, very well. No, Callum Wilson though injured, um, which is obviously a bonus for Wolves' point of view. Wait, he's think- injured again. Injured again, is out for the game on Sunday. Good I mean, I genuinely
1: did not know this. So this is this is breaking news to <laughs> me, and know. I and I am meant to be the uh, guy reporting.
0: So crikey, uh, Kevin Wilson is injured. And is out the game. Ruled out the game. Uh, scan on a, on a hamstring injury and um, we're seeing how serious it is. But has um, already been ruled out for the game against Newcastle against uh, Wolves on Sunday. So no Wilson, which is a big bonus. Um, you know that could be uh, Chris Wood potentially up front. He doesn't score many against Wolves anyway, so that's fine. Uh, it, they've started well as we expected them to sign some good players as we expected them to do so but they are conceding as well big game this I think it's going to be a fascinating game I think both sides don't really know how how we're going to get on this season you know they could be top 8 they could be bottom 8 potentially I think that more likely they'll probably be mid-table however we want Wolves to be kind of in that in that top half of the table pushing like we said earlier on in the podcast Um And I think this will be a really good marker. Okay, they've they've looked good in places, they haven't scored, promising here. A win against against Newcastle on Sunday I think will alleviate a lot of people's concerns. A good win against Newcastle. Um, It's a tough game, but like we said earlier on, Liam, very, very winnable as well. Let's not just talk about a draw, let's talk about winning this game.
1: Yes, it'd be nice. Um, it certainly would. I mean, it's going to be, as you say, a, a tough game because I think that's a good way of summing it up that two teams that you know probably can't predict where they're going to be. Um, but I think two teams that will have a, you know good seasons, to be fair. Um, Eddie Howe I think, has done a very good job with Newcastle. Um, and in terms of the way they line up, it could be a very interesting battle. I think you have to highlight probably the, the midfield battle because they're likely to line up in a 4-3-3, um, Willock, uh Bruno Gamayesh and uh, and Joel Linton started against Man City in midfield three. Um, and I think if you go back to the away game at uh, at St James's in April, uh, of course the the loss there. Poor. Jo- I know, I know. Joel Linton, I thought a very good game that day, which is not something I ever thought I'd actually say publicly. Um, and he's somehow become a bit of a revelation in midfield for them. Um, he bullied Wolves a little bit, to be honest, and. It'll be very interesting how Wolves stand up to that this time. Um, you'd imagine that both teams are going to probably match each other with the formation, 4-3-3. I think they've got a very good midfield three, but you have to back Wolves' midfield three as as, as the as the superior one there. But they have to then get on the board and show that. So that's for me, is a, is a big part of it. Um, I think you have to pick out as well Dan Byrne playing left-back um, against Man City starting there. Um, Look, there's no guarantee that they obviously stick with that, and he, and he does play there, but injury issues meant that he started against City. Um, albeit, he's he's tall. I think Wolves are probably going to struggle um, from from set pieces to maybe get anything out of this game um, or and to, and to find any goals, but he's not the most mobile, and when you look at the kind of players that Wolves will have out wide, you'd imagine maybe Pedence or Neto might start out on the right. That... They're the kind of player that you should be able to find in behind a Dan Burn if he does play there. So there are certain opportunities you can look at it and see that, that Wolves have got chances to hurt them. But then in terms of you know the game playing at home, Monyuk crowd, you have to get on the ball and put it on them. I think that's that's the best way to put it. You have to you have to go after them. You have to put on a show for the fans and and try and make it a convincing win against what is a a difficult uh, a difficult opponent and a team. I think. Um, Again, as I said, we'll have a good season. But Wilson not being there is a massive, massive plus. However, as we're recording this podcast, um, it looks like they're going to sign <laughs> uh, this uh, Isak yeah, striker yeah, from.
0: Year. But probably not going to start No,
1: you know, you'd imagine not. But if he's if he's coming in, then um, then he's probably going to be in the squad. Um, They've obviously been looking for for a striker. So. Um, yeah, it's going to be a tough game, but I think one one the Wolves are more than capable of coming away with something. Um, but there's, there's certain things to be wary of. That's one of them, uh, in in terms of the the midfield three. Um, say Maximan and then Kieran Trippier. You saw him from set pieces. Mm-hmm. You have to be wary of that, and the midfielders have to be wary of that when they're when they're challenging and, and and committing to to challenges during the game.
0: Right formation for Wolves. Now this is this is an interesting one, and there's a lot a plethora of options for, of which Bruno from formation and. And obviously, personnel, which has been great, and it's been a long time in coming uh, for this game. You know, if you go from back to front, of course, is going to replace Sarkic. But you've got Nelson Semedo, who's going to be knocking on that door now. So do you do you see Nelson Semedo going, going back in and slotting on that right-hand side and Johnny moving over to the left, or like Nori moving out, or, or keeping out Nori? You've got that midfield three of, of Moutinho, uh, Neves, and um, uh, Nunes, you know i'll be very surprised if the, we don't see those three players which means that if raul does return then one of one of guedes neto and Pedence probably misses out if raul does return or just stick with that front three and have Raul coming from the bench there's lots of ways to go here and i expect they'll be matching up to you know to what they think newcastle will be and it will be very much on an individual basis but where or how can you see bruno selecting the 11 on sunday
1: so this is the moment where I'm going to predict my 11 and get it horribly wrong, is that right? Horribly. Right, let's do this then. Um, so, I, yeah, I think obviously Sar's going to be gonna be in goal. Um, all along, you know this, I've said this all along, it's going to be 4-3-3 against, uh, <laughs> against Newcastle. Um, I was slightly tempted saying, by... I'm not saying anything. I was slightly tempted by potentially a 4-2-3-1, but I think in hindsight it's probably 4-3-3. Just don't tell Alex Dickon from the Birmingham that I said that. <laughs> um... So, uh, so yeah, I um, yeah, I think obviously in goal. I think for me it might come slightly too early for for Samado to, to start purely because of the the comeback from injury. His injury in comparison to everyone else that's been injured and, and come back recently, his was the most severe by, by far. So um, I would suspect that he may be on the bench and then start at Bournemouth. I'm going to go with that and say Johnny and Ate Norrie as the as the fullbacks. Okay. I think call Collins and Kilman, I think, you know, it writes mm-hmm. itself, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, midfield three, again, I think writes itself. Neves sitting, uh Matinho and Neves in front of him. Um, and then for my money, I think you, you have to play Raul Jimenez. I, I would love to see him start. I think he... How many oh, minutes gained. did he
0: get last night?
1: It was about 86. okay. I think but he, Tuesday to
0: Sunday it's not a big deal for these players is
1: it you know it yeah, wasn't, yeah. wasn't
0: a high intensity high pressure situation you know of, of a match
1: and in comparison to Samedo, it's purely because of the severity of the injury that I think that they probably made that decision with with mm. Samedo. that again of course speculated probably totally wrong but um i, I think you have to play well I think he, I thought he played well against Preston and it didn't really work in those opening few games without an out and out striker, so mm. I would go with him leading the line and then of course you've got to have someone drop out I think mm, Geddes the is, man out. Geddes Pedenc is a, on the is, bench last night I think for me it's pedence on the bench I think Geddes is a uh, is a shoe in to start I think he's looked very sharp in these last couple of games um, and then I think Neto probably gets the nod just on the right um, had it been a four two three one, one one of the midfielders drops out and, and Pedence comes in behind behind Raul that is the other option um, that potentially he'll go with but with Newcastle playing 4-3-3, I think he he goes the same and uh, and Pedenz probably drops to the bench.
0: Interesting. I mean, how do you think Pedence will take that? Having been on the bench, on uh, would you not think that Pedence might have started last night if Bruno was looking to to Sunday and um, and, and maybe that Pedence would be on the bench?
1: I can see. I can. I can see. Uh, yeah, I can see a, a world where where he plays on the right instead of Neto. Um, but I, yeah, I think I think in terms of maybe the mobility and, and, and hugger the touchline to, mm. to to get at Dan Burn, which is where I'm expecting they might slightly change the tactics and, and not be quite as narrow. Mm. Um I, I feel like Neto would suit that better. So um I, again it it very much depends on me, uh, my prediction now in terms of the team depends on, on that tactical change slightly, but that's what I'm that's what I'm going with.
0: You don't you don't think that with Gedos starting last night that he might go with Neto and Pedence? with Raul up top and go for a bit of tried and tested?
1: Um, I don't know how to break it to you, but Geddes came off the bench last night.
0: Sorry, not Geddes, um My, my fault. Um, <laughs> but you think... Sorry. But you think I couldn't that... help it. I had to be sarcastic. Oh, that dear. But you think, that, um, you think that it could be those two and not Geddes who misses out?
1: No, I think Geddes has looked too sharp. I think mm. he's looked too sharp in his last quarter. Again, he, he was last night at Preston as well. He was exactly the same. Um, he looked... He, when he actually came close to scoring as well with a, with a cross that came in. Uh, yeah, I think he's looked... He's, he's too exciting, uh, he's, he's too quick and he gets the fans off their seat, I think. Particularly for a home game, I think he definitely starts.
0: If it is Dan Byrne to play a left-back, and let's say Pedro Neto's on that right-hand side, he's not going to have that same defensive duties as he would do uh, marking Paris. So you've got to think that um, he would definitely be asked to, to attack a lot more at home, enjoyable, big game, exactly. live on TV against a side that do concede goals. For me, this is the type of game where, let's be honest, Pedro Neto, you're talking about going to Arsenal, Daniel Pedence or Guedes, you know, but mainly Neto and Pedence if if one or both play, these are the type of the games they've got to start contributing. They cannot just look good in games. They've got to start assisting, they've got to start scoring. Pedro Neto should be scoring ten goals in a Premier League season, at least eight to ten goals. And for all his Excellence, and we love him and he's a great character on and off the pitch and he's got so many skills and he looks sublime at times. The end product has not been there and it's not been there for a while. He's fully fit now. This is the type of game, for me, that Pedro Neto has got to stamp his authority on it, walk away with a Man of the Match award with a goal and an assist to his name.
1: Could not agree more. Could not agree more. Let's not be, um, let's not be silly here. Dan Burns is a very good footballer um, and I do I do rate him, actually, very highly. But
0: but he's not uh, going to be banging in you know uh, cross crossing balls is, from exactly. from the left on the left wing is he Do you know you, what I mean? what, you know
1: what they say in boxing styles make fights um and and the style here if if of course he does line up on, on in left back the style here suits perfectly for Pedro Neto to get at him yeah. get at him commit him 1v1 situations take him on and we haven't seen that really from Neto in these no. last, um in, in these first couple games sorry so um it, we know he's more than capable of it so that for me, it could be a really key area alongside the midfield as well. Um, so I really hope they take advantage of that because if they if they do, they can find a lot of space in behind. And as soon as you find that space, you then find Raúl in the box. You then find Núñez arriving late in the box. Hmm. You find Geddes coming at the back post, um, and all of a sudden you're getting chances. So I think there's a there's a real yeah there's a real good chance there for for Wolves to take advantage of.
0: We're giving an away shirt uh, Wolves away shirt this Sunday. Uh to lucky winner if we get the score prediction right. Kino, as as last season, you are 0 for three on predictions. We'll give you one more chance and then if not, I'm gonna do Bournemouth on, on uh on Wednesday night. So uh chance to chance to redeem yourself. I'm gonna say Wolverhampton Wanderers two, they get off the mark, three points, Newcastle United one.
1: Okay, okay. Okay. Um just want to remind you as well that you didn't also didn't get any right last season. Uh, I did actually. I think no. if you're fine. If you nope. go back to the episodes, no. I got
0: two of the last five rights, but it's nope. okay. If nope. that you know, you know, no. it's, it's fine, it's fine. No, you did not change didn't. the
1: narrative. You liar. No. Um, no, 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 no. I just turned into a lana there. Um <laughs> pardon. <laughs> Oh mate she she is also wants to leave. know she was
0: at the game on against Spurs uh, on Saturday and and I couldn't tell her but she's like um, what's the chant where the Wolves fans and it, you might know it Kino but I'm not going to it's like she says it's like da 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 do you know what that you know what they're singing
1: I mean the I think the impression's pretty bad so I I've got no idea
0: okay yeah probably not she she thinks to she's like you don't have to go away Uh uh you don't have to go away. That's what she. I'm like. It's definitely not that. But I don't. I, I can't. Definitely not that.
1: No. I, that tune does not ring about with me at all. And I. I I'm pretty sure I know all the chants. But yeah. Not, I, not well, that the well, chants. didn't resonate but... with
0: me either. So maybe. Maybe she's just. I don't know. She's been you drinking, know the yanks, me.
1: mate. Yeah. Crikey. Yeah. So I'm gonna go. Sli- yeah. Give me your score, Liam. Okay, man. I'm gonna go slightly less optimistic, unfortunately. Um, because I'm, I think it's going to be a very tough game, but I think they're going to build on it with the results of Bournemouth and, and, on, and onwards. Mm. I'm going to go with one all. 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. One.
0: You sit on that fence, baby.
1: Yeah, I love it.
0: Okay, 1-1. One, one. Um, all right, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. 1-1 one, at one, uh, 2 o'clock on Saturday. Uh, look at Sunday. We're looking forward to it. Keno, it's, um, it's been a pleasure as normal. Uh, that was our 260th episode incredible incredible scenes Um, enjoy your weekend everyone we'll see you on Sunday come and have a chat with me afterwards I'm getting to the same old faces I want some new fresh interviews so come and see me outside of Molly after
1: three points and don't forget we've got points coming up soon as well
0: (laughs) oh dear have a great weekend bye bye